Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. A manger is a feeding trough for animals. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever worked on a ranch or not. I've had to clean out some filthy animal troughs. Because, you know, animals ain't clean. They got snot and, and spit and all that, you know, coming out and dirty. You know, they've been eating grass and they pull up dirt and, oh, look, he put something in the trough. They stick their head in there and they go all in it. It's dirty. It's a mess. And the king of kings that Israel had long waited for gets put in that do you see the picture here? That's for animals. Would you stick your face in your dog's dish? I mean, come on. You know, I have traveled the world. I've stayed in some, I guess you would call it rather low-end lodgings before. <laughs> some that I don't even know if you would call it a lodging. My first mission trip was rough. I've stayed in hotels in Africa. They had sandbags and soldiers out front with automatic weapons guarding the place. Because it was a heavy oil industry and people would always try to steal things and rob important people. So if you give them a nice place to stay, you got to have this military surround it. We pulled up and I was like, whoa, what is all this? You know, so we're staying in this hotel and the lights went out like every 15 minutes. And when they went out, it was pitch black. Couldn't see anything. Oh, I, I slept in a palm leaf hut with dirt floors off the coast of Panama. Uh, I woke up next to a giant spider. I think it was like a it was like a five inch wide or so spider, and I stomped his guts out because I didn't feel good with that spider there. But how many more are there? <laughs> the lights would go out. You're you're staring up at a hut, and there's if the wind blew and shook it, things would fall on you from that were living up in the top of the hut. And sometimes the things that fell on you would crawl off, and you don't. I don't know. You know it's. But that was a hammock I was in in there. I was off the floor. You know so. But I ain't never had to lay down in anything as filthy as the feeding trough for an animal, a manger. I have never had to lay down in that. As a matter of fact, if I had seen one, I probably wouldn't do it. Because I've cleaned them out. And I I know what they look like at times. Um, But here in our story... This is Jesus, the foretold eternal king that Israel long waited for. And he was put in a manger. Moms, you got your kid. I guess if that's all you had and it was cold outside, you'd have to. But to put him in a manger? There was no grand palace for this eternal king of all creation. There was no royal uh, attendants seeing to his every need. There was no royal military soldiers attending to his protection. It was just them in a barn, in a manger. There was no grand welcome ceremony. Me and Dove went to Israel. They, they all got, I mean, we went to Africa. The Africans, uh, they got out there and did this huge welcome ceremony. 
and they played music and they marched and they had their uniforms. It was just me and Dove. They had none of that for Jesus. None of it. Put him in a manger. And that was typically what kings had when a king showed up is you would announce it and have all this celebration. Y'all remember we just recently read about King Joash was anointed and everybody partied and it was a big deal. Jesus got none of this. Here, put him in a manger. And this is what I really think about when I think of this time of year. He was in a manger. It doesn't seem so cuddly cute anymore, does it? I hate to ruin your image of this, but this is what it is. It was just the three of them, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, outside in a barn with the animals. They're probably breathing in the smell of dung, okay? I remember going in the barn one time. Grandpa, we had to duck down to get through the door. And Grandpa said, I remember when we didn't have to duck down to come in here. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh. He said, shovel this whole place out. The whole barn? Yep. I had to shovel out the whole barn four feet down. It was dung. That's all the bottom of a barn is. We shoveled it by hand, and we put it in a trailer. Some guy bought it and used it for fertilizer. But that's what it's like in a barn. So, Jesus laid in a feeding trough where animals slobbered, licked, and ate from. And when we read this, doesn't the question hit you of why? Why? This is the Lord God. He could have been anywhere he wanted. He could have been in a solid gold crib in a a palace the size of Alvin. Why why this is what I want to know. I'll show you why. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. That's why. You want God to lift you up? Then stop walking with your chest out like you're better than everybody else. You want God to lift you up? You get low. Get down low, and then he will lift you up. Now, I think this is what most people miss about the manger story here. They love to think about Jesus, the child in the manger, but they don't understand what the manger means. This is day one. He just showed up, and he's already being put down. And this was God's will for him to be put down like this. Day one. People don't understand the manger. The manger means humility. The manger means lowliness. It means that everybody else got treated better than he was. I worked at a company where I met Anna, and money was my God at that time. Money was all about making money. And I hadn't had a raise in I don't know how many several years. And one day they had a sweeping raise that went across the whole company and everybody got a raise except me. I was the only one that didn't. The Lord was trying to make me get low. I wouldn't get low, so he was pushing me. Even Anna got a raise. Ask her. I was mad. I was hot. (laughs) But I needed to learn humility. Everybody else was treated better than Jesus was. And friends, Jesus is worthy of better than this. He's worthy of better than a manger by a long shot. So why was he placed in the manger? Because the Lord's character is one of humility. He's not, I'm God, look at me. He's I'm God. He came down and got low for us so that we could be saved. The Lord's character is one of humility, that Jesus was humble under the mighty hand of God so that God would lift him up right away, right away. No, it says in due time. 
We read that. Get low so that the Lord can lift you in due time, in his due time. Everybody today, they want to be lifted now. Give me what I want now. I want the big fancy car. I want the big house. I want it now. I don't even want to have to work for it. I'm going to work the system until I get it because I think I should have it. The Bible says get low, and when God's ready in due time, he'll raise you up in due time. So he didn't raise him up right away. As a matter of fact, Jesus lived 33 years, and he didn't get raised up until after he was crucified. (laughs) He died. He was killed. So I love it how Jesus, very, very first day on earth, gives us such a vivid look at how he would demonstrate his personality to us and before the entire history of the world of what he was like. Jesus was a humble servant who was low from day one, who would eventually get lifted up by God. Luke 2 and 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Include yourself in this verse. Are you not part of all people? God was thinking of you back then, okay? All people, verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Glory to God where? In the highest. Excuse me, angel, this Messiah is where? In a manger? So you're, you're a shepherd. And you're just told that the Messiah finally showed up, that you've been waiting on. He's going to be laying in a feeding trough. And then you get to see angels saying glory to God in the highest. I'm sorry, but for a, I, I would probably be very confused at this point. I'd be a little lost. Feeding trough highest. God, you're going to have to put this together to me. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> So, but it's exciting how all the angels of heaven were excited. They were actually praising God for, the, for God's work to save you and me. This was the Messiah that was going to save us all. And they were excited about it. Angels, thousands of years ago, were partying that God made a way for you to get to heaven. Do you see this? That's exciting to me. You imagine what it's going to be like when we get there. <laughs> Dude, I was partying for you in like a long time ago. <laughs> I was waiting for this. So, what a grand celebration that's going to be when we get home. But the world did not recognize Jesus at all. And I dare say that if Jesus were to walk in front of most supposed Christians today, they wouldn't know him from nothing because they don't know his character. The world did not recognize Jesus. There was no big celebration for him here, no big welcome. We already talked about that. But can you imagine the reaction? of these shepherds hearing from that angel that the Davidic covenant Messiah had finally come and the way you're going to know which one he is is he's going to be the one laying in a feeding trough. Last thing I would have thought to hear. Excuse me, angel, before I could get the question out of saying that don't make sense, he let them look at glory. Glory to God in the highest. 
<laughs> Mine is bone. I, I, I'd be lost. I'd say, what? I, I don't get it. But I think they did maybe get the idea when they saw the heavenly multitudes celebrating about it. This has to be real because look at what we're looking at. Okay, he said he's in a feeding trough. Let's go find him. Now, typically when a king was coming, there would be a big announcement to the people of high stature. You've seen it like when one of the royals in England had a, had a son for the next king. They, they get out and they announce it on CNN and Fox News. And it, all the highest elite status people get these special announcements. They, they go to the top to announce to everybody. So let me ask you, did the angel go out and announce the coming Messiah that's now here? Did the angel go and tell this to the government elite? Did he? No, he didn't. He didn't go to the top notch of society. He didn't go to the highest class. No, it says the angel appeared to shepherds. Shepherds. They were the, back then, they were the lowest class people of the entire nation. They were nothing. They weren't considered anything at all. Do you remember how David since we're talking about David, how David was treated when Samuel showed up to line all his brothers up to see which one of them would be king. He was going to go down the list of brothers and see which one the Lord says, that's him, okay? I want you to look at this. 1 Samuel sixteen eleven, And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains the youngest, and there he is, keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. David was a shepherd. He wasn't even invited. No, you don't want to ask him. He's a shepherd. He's nobody. Let me ask you, has anybody ever called you a, a nobody? You ever been called nothing? Okay, that's what Jesus was called by the world not accepting him. That's what David was called, a nothing. You're nobody. You're a shepherd. Get out of here. You're not even invited to the lineup. I also have to inject in here real quick that I'm very well aware that the name pastor means shepherd. And there's a lot of people that try to tell me I'm nothing. Well, here, probably not. But to the Lord God, I'm, I'm very valuable like any one of you. I don't, when people call me names, I don't let it bother me. You're calling me pastor for goodness sake. You're calling me shepherd. You're calling me the guy that doesn't get invited. And I'm reminded, every time people call me Pastor Ray, I'm reminded of my place to get low so that the Lord God can raise me up in due time. So thanks for calling me Pastor Ray. It's a good reminder. I need it. Sometimes I start getting to thinking a lot of myself. I saw the podcast plays today and they spiked up like crazy. I'm like, whoa, people are listening to Set for Life. Hey, Pastor Ray. Yes. And right back down I go. <laughs> it's a good reminder. It's best to just stay low before the Lord God. But we see that the whole world was introduced here in this story to the humble character of the Lord. And it was first announced to shepherds of all people. The kings didn't get told, weren't told about it. The governors weren't told. The highest of the mighty. It was shepherds. God starts at the bottom and works up, okay? To think that Jesus spent every day of his life in this kind of humility. I know, I know it bothers you when people talk down on you. But in one sense, 
you should be low enough to where they have to. You know what I'm saying? Your insults, the insults they put on you don't stay on you. They fall on Jesus Christ. But he, he, Jesus lived this kind of low humility from day one all the way to the day of his crucifixion. Philippians 2.8 says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Now, the death of the cross is a very uh, embarrassing way to die. You know those paintings they have of Jesus where he's up there like that with a little cloth? That cloth wasn't there. Guys, he had nothing on. It was as embarrassing and humiliating and as painful as it could be. He was humble all the way to that. And he did it for you. He did it to save you so that you could get a place in heaven. All these people out there, I'm a Christian, but they don't care about Jesus. They don't, they don't think about him. You realize what he went through so that you could be saved? I think we should give Jesus his due. Have a little respect for the man, right? But right now is the time of year when people like to celebrate Jesus. And I'm not pointing at anybody or saying nothing to no one. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about who I was at one time. I liked to celebrate Jesus this time of year but just for a few days, then leave me alone. I will celebrate him for Christmas time. Then after it's over, I'm back to all about me again. That's the way I did. So a lot of people today, uh, they're thinking about Jesus just for now. But here in a few days, they're going to th- be thinking about fireworks and New Year's. And then what I got to do to go back to work now and get back to my business. I don't think the world has ever really celebrated Jesus the way he is worthy of it. And as you can see, the fact that his first intro into this world was being in a manger, the majority of this world is never going to accept Jesus for who he truly is. You read with me how the heavenly host of angels celebrated. Big party up there, not much down here. Manger. But the huge party was up there. That ought to put our perspective right to the which way we ought to be looking this time of year towards our home in heaven ahead. So it was like the biggest party these angels were having. It's like the biggest celebration of all time, the most exciting news they'd ever heard. How many of you have a favorite football team? And when you find out they're going to the Super Bowl, you get amped and then they win and you go freaking ballistic. You go crazy because your team won. Okay. Does anybody get that excited about Jesus anymore? About the fact we've been given eternal life? That we get to go to an eternal home? People don't generally get too excited about that. I do. (laughs) I don't care who's playing football right now. Uh, but, But the Lord coming for me is very exciting. And this spectacle that these shepherds got to see of these angels, imagine if you got to see this. The angels praising God. It was so incredible what they saw, that it motivate these shepherds enough to stop what they were doing and go look for him. Oh, yeah, that's cool and all that. Yeah, nice, Jesus, all that. Okay, I got to deal with these sheep, man. Y'all go ahead, see you later, tell me what it was like. No, they left their sheep and they went looking. Okay, they stopped what they were doing and they went to go find him. Guys, they went to go look for who Jesus is. Shouldn't our excitement of Jesus, our excitement, our, our joy for Jesus should be so great that it causes us to stop doing what we used to do and start looking for him. 
If you're not looking for Christ in the world, if you're not looking for how Christ works in your life, are you excited at all? I'm trying to give people a sense of motivation. It's enough to get you to want to start looking. Oh, but I got all these things going on. (laughs) He's got more things going on than you got. I guarantee you it's more exciting. So they left and went and looked for him. And also, our excitement should then cause everyone who sees us doing this, they should look at you and go, you are so motivated. You're so excited about this Jesus. I just hear churchy stuff talking about I want to have what you got. It should motivate others to go look too. So, is Jesus worthy of better than being placed in a manger? I'll say that Jesus is worthy of being placed in your heart as your Lord and your Savior and your God. That's where he should be. It's a shame that most people didn't even invite David to the lineup. They didn't even have him come. It took somebody like Samuel to say, we will not sit down until he comes here. Today, most of the world, they don't want Jesus to roll over them. Just, I'll believe in Jesus, but just leave me alone. Let me live my life my way. And so it should be our job, like Samuel, to make a stand and demonstrate Christ and say that we won't sit down either until Christ comes back demonstrate Jesus in your life. Show people with excitement and joy. And you can only get that by pursuing him, by being in his word, by studying, by praying, being active about it. Not just pop in, hey, I'm here at church and then I'm gone. That was me for the longest time. Eh, I'm at church, punch my card for Sunday, I'm good. I'm back to my business. You should be excited about Jesus. He came to save you. Most of the world, they don't want Jesus to rule over them. So we should not sit down till he comes. We've got to motivate people and show them the joy of Christ. What this means is that when we make Jesus Lord of our lives, he is given his rightful place to rule over us. There are things that you let rule over you. And if Jesus is not in there, if he's not in the lineup somewhere, you need to reconsider your priorities jesus should at least be in the lineup to where you can at least have him as a choice where david wasn't even invited we got to show what people what jesus looks like they don't know if they don't know how are they going to see they're going to see by watching us and so if you truly want to celebrate jesus this time of year then you have to celebrate not just the fact that he came here manger not just the fact that he came here christmas but why he came here. Why did Jesus have to come here at all? He came here for you. He came here to save you. But to do it, he, he came to live low, to live a low life, lowly life, one of humility, even to the point of dying an embarrassing public death on a cross to pay for our sins so that we could be saved. That's exciting for me because you and I would never be able to pay our way to salvation. We can't afford it. I say we celebrate Jesus every day. There's people out there that we are supposed to be motivating to get out and look for Christ. We are supposed to motivate them to go look. They don't care to look. They're more excited about celebrities or the next Marvel movie or whatever. We're supposed to be getting them excited about the Lord so they will look for Jesus. And we are supposed to motivate them with that excitement of Jesus in our lives and we will not sit down till he comes. Thank you. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.